Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have this guy back. It's uh, formerly District 2 Republican, the great state of Texas. It's our friend Ted Poe. Ted, how are you? Good to see you. I'm doing great, Joe. Good to see you. You are doing great. You look great. You sound great. And I always appreciate you coming on. Man, there's so much going on. Uh, Let's start with documents because I'm so over the documents. Tucker Carlson has said that we've got about about a billion classified documents, which is stupid. Um, these classifications, I think, should last a short amount of time. You unclassify or declassify them sooner than later. Having a billion documents unavailable to the American eyeballs that we paid for them doesn't make any sense to me. But the way things stand now, you can't un- you can't declassify documents unless you're the president or the person who classified them to begin with. Joe Biden's got boxes and boxes of documents they're finding now all over the place at the U Penn Biden Center at the at his house that his son was renting for fifty thousand dollars a month. Now Mike Pence says he's got some documents. Of course, Trump historically has some documents. Ted, what do you make of all this? Why, why does everybody have all this classified stuff? Well, it's uh, un- unusual, of course, for. Uh, those documents be spread around uh, the United States by especially uh, Vice President Biden in his different homes. And of, and of course, his family has access, no telling who else had access to those documents before he finally gave them back or the uh, federal government came and got those documents. Uh, and, you know, the, the president and the vice president operate under a different set of rules than members of Congress, for example. Members of Congress, when we see... Uh, classified documents. It's usually in a a concrete bunker in the basement of the Capitol. We go in, we look at the documents, we can take notes. But when we leave, we leave all of the documents there, including the uh, paper that we wrote on and the pencil. That's put into a locked container and then we leave. We don't use phones or anything while we're in there. Secure, uh, the documents are secure. So members of Congress operate under a, a different scheme of rules. The president, the vice president, for some reason, take those documents with them when they leave office and they're found at different places. And so we now are trying to find all those documents from former presidents and former vice presidents and get them into the uh, archives. I think a good argument can be made, uh, can be made, and this has been made on my show, that Trump saying on, on January 19th, he was still the president, take those boxes, take them to my house. That in and of itself can be called declassification. The president can do it any way he wants. There's no real procedure to declassify. He can just say so. I think Reagan declassified a bunch of stuff during a speech once in like 1984. So that can be done by the president any any way. The vice president does not have any authority whatsoever to do it. And to to your comment just a minute ago, who had access to the documents? I'll tell you who had access. Hunter Biden had access to those documents that were next to the to the workbench in the garage next to the to Corvette. Anybody that he brought in had access to the documents. We're hearing that there were documents about Iran and about Ukraine that are in those documents that were at the house that Hunter Biden was renting. Ted, this whole thing stinks. What, what do you, if you're in Congress right now, what do you do about this? Well, of course, Congress needs to uh, immediately find out what happened. And we got to have, Congress has got to do it on their own. We can't trust the FBI to do it because we know they are biased and they are running uh, cover for the uh, the Biden crime syndicate, in my opinion. Yes. And so Congress needs can look into that and subpoena people, bring, bring them to, to uh, uh, committees in Congress, the Judiciary Committee, for example, the Intel Committee, and find out exactly what happened. And it is an important distinction. When Biden was vice president, he didn't have authority to haul off any classified documents because he can't declassify them as vice president. And he certainly couldn't do it when he was a U.S. senator, you know, back in the dark ages, when he right. ended up with uh, 
classified documents from when he was a senator. He could not do that because of those two positions. But the president can. And when Trump left, he declassified those documents. I think that's the end of the story. But the other side wants to make a big deal out of it with Trump. And I think there's no deal there. It's uh, Ted Poe, former U.S. representative, uh, Judge Ted Poe. You know, what's interesting is 30, um, like, frogmen showed up at Mar-a-Lago. The hostage rescue team showed up, for God's sakes. And the FBI was told in the Biden case, you can't come and take the documents. My lawyers will get them to you. So, I mean. Obviously, Ted, two-tiered justice system, right? They should be done the exact same way if they're going to be done at all. Absolutely. And, and the lawyers, the lawyers have absolutely no authority to take those documents out of Biden's residences and give them to the federal government. They don't, they don't have a classification that they can even look at those documents, much less cart them off somewhere to the Justice Department. That's, you know, that smells why the, uh, the lawyers got involved and started taking the documents and then they intervene before the government gets them back. Follow him at Judge Ted Poe over on Twitter. He's a great follow, great guy. Really love the, the facial hair. Let me, uh, let, me th- <laughs> <laughs> let me throw this out at you, Ted. I know that you've been to Ukraine many times. I've never been. The people who are from Ukraine, I've had them on my show. They seem like nice people. Zelensky is a comedian, a dancer, and an actor. I don't, I don't buy him as the president. We know it's not a democracy. It's not a representative republic for sure. They're shutting down all sorts of media. They're, they're stopping people from worshiping as they see fit. It's not what people are presented to us as being. But I've got to ask you, why are we doing so much and spending so much in a proxy war against Russia via Ukraine? We're sending more of the best tanks on the planet to Ukraine now, and I think that our spend there is getting close to $200 billion? Ted, why are we doing all this? Do you have any idea? Well, there's, there's a couple of reasons, in my opinion. One, there's the war party in Congress and in Washington, D.C., that they always want to go to war with somebody. Just look at our our history, just since you've been alive, all the wars that the United States has gotten into, proxy wars, direct wars, you know, the United States likes to go to war and because of the war party. And so when this issue came up with Ukraine and Russia, the war party said, let's go save democracy in Ukraine, which is absurd. Uh, Ukraine is no more of a democracy than Venezuela is uh, a democracy. Exactly right. And uh, so I think we're there, but one, because there is a habit in the powers that be, the war party in Washington, both members of Congress in both parties wanting to go to war someplace. You know, we left Afghanistan, we left Iraq, now we need another war to go to. And of course, we those wars never turn out very good for the United States. The second reason, and I think it's more sinister than, than that, it's, uh, I think, which payback from the Biden crime syndicate uh, to the U- Ukrainian government. I really do. That's what my personal opinion is based upon all of the things that we've seen take place between Ukraine, Hunter Biden, and President Biden, and the things that President Biden has already said. So it's payback. We're going in to help them against the Russians because we're making a good deal for Zelensky and it's payback. Well, it's it's a well-educated opinion, and I agree with you, because what's on Hunter Biden's laptop alone suggests that's exactly what's going on. Hunter Biden making $83,000 a month, sitting on the board of Burisma. It was a no-show job. He didn't have to do anything, doesn't know anything about energy. Um, The Biden family was getting enriched by Ukraine, and it sounds like Ukraine's calling in favors. 
but the favors are the taxpayer's dime, and it's not okay. Let me ask you about the war party thing that you mentioned, because I agree with you, and I think Lindsey Lindsey, Lindsey Graham may be the top dog in the war party. He wants to take on everybody all the time. Uh, He doesn't act like a very conservative guy, and he's certainly not acting in our interest when you say, let's go do anything we have to do against Russia. But why do they do it? Is it to keep the economy better? The economy is usually better for America when we're at war. Is it about defense contracts? Is there an answer to why? Well, it's, it's probably both of those reasons and some and other reasons. The uh, uh, you know, United States uh, was at war in, in Afghanistan 20 years, and then we turned tail and run. What do we have to show for that? Nothing. We don't, but we don't have some, some dead Americans. Way. You know, Iraq is the same way. Vietnam, we turned tail and ran out of Vietnam as well. In Korea, we just quit, came back home. What, what do we have to show for the wars that we have been in since World War II? Probably nothing. And the world's not safer for democracy because we were involved in all of those conflicts. And for what we're doing in Ukraine, you know, we we think it is so important to protect the border of Ukraine that we are sending military aid to this corrupt country to protect them against the Russians. But we won't send any aid down to the Texas-Mexico border to protect us from the drug cartel invasion into the United States. Well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you went there. I mean, you, no, hold on. I'm glad you went there because Biden literally said, whatever it takes, as long as it takes in Ukraine, it's going to take forever because Ukraine's probably not going to win. If Russia really wanted to, they could they could smash the, the country today. Um, uh, so uh, what does that mean? And then you're right. 110,000 Americans die from fentanyl every year, and Biden acts like the border is fine. What am I? What am I seeing here, Ted? Because I'm confused. Well, you're you're not confused. You you understand exactly what's going on. Now we're in the brink of where we're sending so much military aid. The Ukrainians may start to use it in an aggressive way into Russia, and then you know there's going to be a major world conflict if the Ukrainians use the aid we give them to send that. Uh, military invasion, so to speak, weapons into Russia, uh, it'll cause a greater conflict. Right now, you know, Russia uh, Russia hasn't uh, included the NATO countries into their battle plan, but that will happen when Ukraine tries to invade and protect itself by invading, being, being on the offense into Russia. And that may happen. That may happen because we're giving them all the offensive weapons we have, but telling them right now, only use them for defense in Ukraine, like the tanks, best tanks in the world. It is uh, former U.S. Representative Ted Poe, uh, Judge Ted Poe. Go follow him at Judge Ted Poe on Twitter. So as I'm watching what's happening on the border, I know that Trump was only asking for $25 billion. And I say only like that's not a lot of money. It is uh, to finish the big, beautiful wall. They said no. Chuck Schumer said no, don't have the money. That's horrible. We can't do that. Pelosi said no, don't have the money. Horrible. Can't do it. We're, We're sending 10 times that amount to Ukraine. And I'm here to say not one American is better off for a dime of that money going there. So how do we turn the tide? Can we stop sending all this free money to Ukraine? I, I, I don't care if, if Vladimir Zelensky shows up and says, please, you know, turn our electric grid back on. Please build our roads. And we're like, we're like building an entire country, which doesn't make any sense. And we have no benefit. Can we turn the tide and force the funding to go to the border where it should be? Well, Congress could do that. But I don't think there are the votes to do that on both sides because the majority of Republicans and Democrats want, are in the war party and they want to go to war and stay in, in war. And we're going to rebuild Ukraine whenever this is over. Maybe it'll be over in our lifetime. I don't know. We're already committed to, well, we're going to rebuild your country. The Russians blew it up. 
we're going to re rebuild it. So more American taxpayer money going to Ukraine to build up a, you know, a corrupt country. You know, what's in it for the United States? I don't know. And, I, and going back to what you asked, yes, there is a lot of money in in the war party and its allies, that being the military industrial complex that wants to be, of course, relevant. And they're only relevant if they're we're in a war with somebody using taxpayers money to buy military equipment to give to another country to su supposedly protect themselves. But the but the Congress could do it. They could do it by the way that they create and draft legislation regarding funding. They can draft it in such a way that money could be prohibited from going to Ukraine and it could be diverted to the border to protect the integrity of the United States and keep out the criminal syndicates, the international crime cartels that are just laughing at us. And they are the ones making money on the open borders in, uh, into Texas. And that's not just with drugs. It's also with the human uh, sex trafficking and labor trafficking that they bring into the United States. They make money. I don't know why we wouldn't want to stop them. The Sonola drug cartel is on the border of Mexico, northern border of Mexico. They should be labeled a terrorist organization. And I, as you said, they are responsible for bringing in that Chinese fentanyl into the United States. And over 100,000 Americans have died because of that fentanyl. Doesn't that bother anybody in America? Well, it does. It bothers us, regular Americans. It doesn't bother the war party, as you said. They're going to direct the money where, where they want it to go. So let me ask you this. I've seen, and Obama did this like he blew up a, a wedding one time with a drone. We've used drone strikes to take out where we thought the positions were of terrorist organizations. Um, I'm sure that Trump used them a lot to take out ISIS, and he was very successful. Why is it that we can use a drone and take out bad guys 7,000 miles away from us, but we can't use a drone across the border to stop fentanyl from killing our, our families? Why could we know where these cartel people are? Blow up their houses, blow up their, their plants, blow up wherever they're harvesting the, the drugs. Can't we do that? I think we the first thing we ought to do is declare the drug cartels, namely the Sinanola drug cartel, as a terrorist organization. And then based on the laws that we have against terrorist organizations, we ought to go after them. And I think we could use drones. We ought to understand that Mexico, the country of Mexico, does not have control of its northern border with the United States. It is controlled by the drug cartels. They cannot control the drug cartels. They are a terrorist organization. We ought to treat them as such and use American resources to stop them from bringing in the uh, uh, drugs that they bring into the United States. But I don't know that the uh, our government has the will to do that. And why wouldn't they do it if they're the war party, I mean, directed towards uh, the Mexican drug cartels? <laughs> and is it, is, it, it, Ted, is it the reason why they don't do it? Because Is it as simple as they're afraid to be called racists? They're afraid to be called some sort of a xenophobic or something? We have to allow sex trafficking, raping of little girls, drugs coming across the border? We just, we just have to allow it or else we're bad? Oh, I think it's all of those. But I, we do know, I think the government, our government knows exactly where those drug cartels are. Uh, on the uh, northern border of Mexico and where they're operating. You know, they work all the way from the United States down to Colombia. And they have the roots coming into the United States. We know all of that in intel. And, but we give them, the Biden administration gives them a free pass because they, for some political reason, they have open borders and the drug cartels get a free pass and they're laughing at us all the way to the bank. 
Last question for Ted Poe. Go go follow him at Judge Ted Poe. He's a, he's a just a great guy. Great knowledge of everything that we're talking about. I want to get into something that sounds boring, but I don't think it is because I think that if you use rationale and use your brain, um, if my credit card is maxed out, the credit card company is going to say, "Pay me some money before I raise the limit." I'm not going to raise the limit unless you, I mean, you're not paying it back. Why is it that for some reason the full faith and trust of the United States is on the line and we have to now make $31 trillion, $32 or $33 trillion by raising the debt limit? Is it as simple as I just said, Ted? Is it just them asking for more money on the credit card when they could just cut their spending? Well, that is exactly the answer is to cut the spending. But when the administration this past last two years keeps borrowing more money, keeps spending money that we don't have, they know at the end of the day, when it gets to this point where we have to raise the debt ceiling, that Congress will give in and raise the debt ceiling and will allow that nonsense to continue. At the end of the day, all the time when I was in Congress, at, Congress would agree to raise the debt ceiling and would not put a hold on spending and the, uh, a good, good enough hold on spending to keep the United States uh, solvent, if you will, without having to raise the debt ceiling. The answer is to cut spending. Cut back, you know, you start with the 89,000 uh, new IRS agents. That'd be a good place to just eliminate all of that money for them. And there's other places. Give me a red pencil. I can go through the budget, that process to eliminate wasteful spending uh, by our federal government. But they continue to do it because that gets them votes. I'm frankly, I'm frankly out of time, Ted. But uh, Chip Roy was on yesterday. He said they think they have the leverage to force a cut in spending, or else they're not going to raise the limit. Hopefully, he's right. Hopefully, they can dig in in the House and get something positive done. Otherwise, why do you have the House? They just have to have the moral will to do that, and not worry about the left screaming and hollering about them wanting to shut down the federal government. Exactly right, Ted Poe. I appreciate your brother. Thanks for your friendship, and that's great, vast knowledge. We'll talk soon. All right. Okay. Thank you, Joe. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Always great to have Ted Poe on. He's a guy who's got great knowledge of the border, great knowledge of the budget, great knowledge of Ukraine. We appreciate him coming on and dropping that, that knowledge with us. If you're an Elvis fan, um, you're going to want to stick around for next hour. Alana Nash is back. She's a writer, has written a lot about Colonel Parker, about Elvis, and interviewed Lisa Marie. Keep it here. This is the Joe Pegg Show.